Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to The Prosperity Project. One of the most requested topics to cover on this podcast, would you believe, is about combining finances when you become a couple. So going from having your own finances to then making lives merge in some way. What do you do when you're managing your money? Well, in today's episode, we're going to do this most highly requested topic. We're going to talk about actually how we manage our money. I'm going to talk you through what we do with our investments, our savings, everything. Who looks after what? And we're also going to give you some tips and strategies if you are looking to soon combine with another half and what to do to get the best steps forward. So I know for a fact this is the topic that I get asked the most about, like how do we do it or what's our best advice or my best advice. Obviously, I talk about money investing every day, if you like, on my normal YouTube channel. On this podcast, we don't really touch upon money that much because it's more of an eclectic experience about health and well-being and money as well. But how do you actually go about if you're somebody who's single you've been used to managing your own money and then you're combining with someone else or you're just simply joining up life you're going to get married you're going to move in it's a pretty scary thought about combining absolutely everything and an interesting thing was a recent survey actually found that 38% of arguments or discussions in relationships are around money which I think is a bit sad really it's not ideal I think to be talking about these kind of things especially when it's going to be around a stressful kind Mm -hmm. of point but I think the challenge you've got in any partnership is you've got two people with different mindsets, different yes, backgrounds, yes. different behaviors coming together and then combining those things mm. and living with things. Yes. So you've got people that maybe are used to wearing shoes in the house, people that aren't used <laughs> to wearing shoes in the house. And that's probably less controversial. Yeah. But then you have elements like money, which can have a really big impact in where you are today, mm. how your future is, what you can do with your life. Yes, you maybe have yes. one person that's a bit more considered with their money and maybe is used to going on lots of holidays or trips. You've maybe got someone else who's used to spending and having nice mm. things before they can actually afford them. So trying to bring those two worlds together, I think is a real challenge for a lot of people. Absolutely. And what I will say in our journey, um, like I was 33, 32, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> I was in my 30s when we met and got married and everything. And um, that experience, my upbringing was didn't have debt or anything like that. And so combining finances, and that's what we obviously, I should say from the word go, um, we basically is all, the one finances so it's not you've got separate money and I've got separate money and we'll talk through that Um, our strategy has always been if we're going to make a family if we're going to be together we're in everything together and part of our journey I don't know if you want to explain like part of our journey with money when we got together well (laughs) you didn't know for a little while but I basically had quite a lot of debt yes so I had 24,000 pounds worth of debt and that's what it was at that time. Yep. It had been less. It had been similar over the course of time. But yep. basically, I'd been using credit from about the age of 18. Yep, absolutely. And yep. I just got in the habit of buying things before I could afford them. And then also kind of through challenging times or difficult times, or maybe when there was like a car purchase or whatever, then putting things onto cards yeah, or so onto loans. Yep. So yeah I, I came into the relationship with that kind of debt and obviously you with the background of having no debt and just paying your way as you went 
meant that we we had a different dynamic to work with. Mm, but not the one that we couldn't overcome. And that's the thing, through our relationship with money, something that I didn't have a lot of stress around, money was just, I managed basically month to month, you know, things like that, that's how I was doing it. Combining with you was not a scary thought at all. I don't know, how did you feel actually when we got together? So, were you scared to combine money or for me to see what your kind of money situation um, was? No, I don't think I had any concerns about combining funds because... I actually think that when you're in a kind of long-term relationship or when you're planning to be mm. married or whatever it happens to be, then I, I personally don't see any reason to separate money. Mm. So I know that some people have a dynamic that works where they both have their own incomes yes, yeah. and they both then put money in towards the bills. But for me, I actually find it completely normal to combine everything. If yep. you're in a life together, then I see it as the money goes in together as well. Mm. I think that, um, and we'll cover some strategies and ideas as we go forward, but I think the idea of everything coming into one pot yep. and then potentially separating out fun money or spending money per individual yep. makes sense. But it, it didn't feel abnormal to me to combine funds because you're combining everything else. You've got yeah. a shared mortgage, a shared household, and ultimately it doesn't really make a difference who's earning more. Mm. It's all about the fact that it's all got to support the lifestyle you want. Exactly, yeah. I think potentially what maybe made it easier for us or at least in the mindset of others, what maybe made it easier is that we had similar incomes. Yep. So yep. granted, I was the one that came with the debt. So technically, my income was impeded as far as how much needed to go out the door. But we had similar incomes. So at which point then you don't have that kind of measurement of maybe someone being on part-time work and someone being a high earner. Mm. And then maybe a disparity around people feeling like, they want to recoup the value mm. of what they earn. Yeah, and we can maybe touch upon that. So, um, as Matt called out, what made things easy, I had just assumed people combine income. So that's obviously, I grew up, mum and dad, mum didn't have any labelled day job. She looked after us and that was what she did. My dad went out to a traditional job. And so the household money was what my dad earned, if you like. But I never separated out into my mind, oh, that's my mum's money, whatever she did, you know, part-time jobs and things like that. It always felt like it was the household money. Never heard any disagreements about, you know, that's my money, do, 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 whatever we're doing. I just carried on that nature then growing up. So, like, for me, the natural thing is combine finances because you're in it together, right? Yep. Money is just an amplifier of who you are. So your habits with money basically just amplify your habits about how you feel about the world, how you feel about yourself. So, for example, the habit of debt, I have... I'm very kind of um, non-judgmental about all habits with money. Like I don't label habits good or bad in terms of the way I teach or the way I talk about money. Literally with debt, I saw it as it's a bit of an annoyance <laughs> right now. Like a lot of our money was having to pay off debt. And through no fault of your own, it was just life choices. It was maybe um, not just the debt you were picking up. It was upbringing It was upbringing, just, you know, yeah, habits behaviors and behaviour. But exactly. actually, actually what I would say is because we were in a similar place mm. as far as wanting to get rid of the debt, then the income and everything being combined in a household budget mm. works. Yes, and what I yes. would say is that although I think for me, that's the preferred method. Mm. If you've got two people that are very different in their behaviors of money yes, yeah. and somebody maybe has a little bit more of an addictive personality and is struggling to change those behaviors, mm. then maybe a fully combined household cash flow doesn't really work as well. Or maybe you, you separate out bank accounts. But again, we can go into yeah, exactly. some of the tactics as we, we go forwards. I, I would say that you've definitely got to 
look at your own dynamic mm. and ultimately if you're on similar pages even if you weren't on similar pages before if you come together and you're on similar pages as to how you want to do things moving forwards then just a household income makes sense absolutely so there is two clear strategies that i see people talking about and this is a this i see is a three thing. But... <laughs> okay you can do the third i can see two i love it when you've got extra insight like traditionally you would see that you come together and it's combined in one so everyone has access to all the money everyone's aware of, of everything and especially when i would say when you're married or you've made a legal commitment in that way you know as, as a, a legal standpoint a lot of the things are in both your names so a lot of the assets as well would if anything happened um, you may be you know divorced or you know something like that had happened they would literally be split it's as if you're owning 50 50 yep. and the other strategy i see is obviously people doing you were talking about this percentages based so each person's earning their wage maybe the woman's earning a higher amount and the man slightly less let's say in this scenario that i'm giving and it's a percentage so you put 50 percent of your wage towards the bills because actually you earn more i'm going to put 20 percent you know it's, it's all like a sliding scale about well, the bigger chunk almost of your wages that so that we've got relative left over that allows us to live and do whatever we want now interesting i remember at the start when we, of our relationship because we were you know it's we changed you had come up to glasgow and everything i remember at the start it was separate because you know we're just we're just newly trying to figure out how life works and all that and it did feel quite fun in that like you would offer to pay and I would feel like, oh, that's quite good. I'm not having to use my own money. He's going to pay for this or, you know, or I'll say, no, I'm going to pay for this. Let me get it and micromanaging money. And I think it gave the, I didn't really have any insight though into actually how much you were earning in a way how you were spending saving it was just kind of in our passing oh actually i'll pay for that oh no i'll pay for that or do you want to go here right okay i'll get the tickets you know that kind of dynamic and i think that's what you get early on in a relationship mm. anyway so people offer to pay different things and you don't really know what someone's spending habits are what someone's truly earning whether they have any side hustles going on whatever it happens to yes, be yeah. you only see how they spend their time you don't really see how their money spent potentially you see the car they drive or some of the clothes they wear but you don't really know the impact of what that's making to their finances whether mm. they could afford it or whether they're racking up debt to make it happen mm. and i think it's such an important discussion to happen like, i can't remember the exact point when we were like all the money combined i think it was when you came to me and said oh, i've got this day actually and matt actually did a really a great thing he one day basically had scurried away found out all the exact amounts of all the debts who owed what you know the amounts to close them down and everything and kind of presented it to me yeah i, I <laughs> was looking at how i could basically reduce the interest i was paying yeah yep. and also my focus was and it actually ended up being what we did to mm. a point was i was looking at um, first of all, I was moving credit cards to different credit cards mm. with 0% interest for balance transfers. Yep. And then realized that that was going to be a bit of a faff. Um, and I think one of mine was coming towards an end soon. And then looked at, right, how much would it cost to put everything in a loan? Mm. Because with a loan, you end up with a fixed end date. Mm. So it was a consolidation loan. But ultimately, the people that you get a loan from don't really care what it's for <laughs> within reason. Yep. But the whole point was... Yes, it was probably a little bit more expensive than I would have paid if I'd done this card bouncing. Mm. But the card bouncing means I would need a new card available every 18 months, 12 months, whatever it happened to be, which was a challenge to manage. Mm -hmm. And also 
I didn't know whether I'd actually have a new card to go to. Mm. So going to a loan, yes, it technically, if we'd seen out the full term of it, would have cost a few hundred pounds more. Yes, yeah. But the flip side is, for me at least, and I think for our situation, knowing that we had an end date, because that's the thing about credit cards, you don't have an end date. You have a minimum payment, but your minimum payment is not much more than the interest you're paying, which means that it can take... I think 25, 30 years to yes, pay off a minimum yep, payment exactly, credit card. Yep, yep. And I wasn't paying minimum payment anyway. But you end up in a situation where you don't have really an end date. You're just doing your best. You can calculate it in your head. You can calculate it on a spreadsheet. Mm. But things happen. And sometimes you can lose focus. At least with a loan, if you set it up for a term that you can afford and therefore the monthly amount that you have, then at least in my head, it worked better as far as knowing it's going to end on this date. I can't have a random month where I don't feel like paying yes, quite as yes. much. And instead, it's fixed. And this is the kind of stuff I presented you with when I said to you I had this debt. Because ultimately, I didn't want to just come in with the bad news. I actually wanted to <laughs> at, at least provide some I kind like of insight. That. You sweetened it. And here's one of the drawbacks from if we had had different separate money from that scenario so yeah from that moment basically the great thing was Matt said okay we've got all this debt okay that's interesting for not one moment did I consider you would do it on your own and I think that's a great kind of thought and strategy if you are in a partnership or a couple I think just in the same way you would tackle everything in life together hopefully it wouldn't be oh well you deal with that I'm away off you know on my holidays darling you've got to pay off this debt it was okay we can do this, right? Okay. You know, you're going to have a buddy. You've got but me was, to do it. It was symbolic of basically us in it together, in Absolutely. everything together. And I have no qualms with that. Somebody once asked me, oh, you know, oh, that's great. You know, you must have thought you'd won the lottery. And I was like, well, actually, is that not what a partnership's meant to be? You know, you love the person. Money and... You know, I'm, I always say money is just a resource. You can make more money. You can earn more money. It's unlimited. It, it shouldn't be a deal breaker, if you know what I mean. And we, we can cover, like, there's lots well, of different scenarios well, that I can of, further clarify. One of the things around a partnership is you're in it because you love the person, because mm. you want the best for the person. Yes. You want to lift them up when they're down. You want them to lift you. And therefore, the financial part was just one element of me not being where I could be mm. and ultimately needing help lifting up. Mm. And if you're in a relationship and you want it to be good and you want it to do well, then... I think you want the best for the other person. And mm. sometimes that means that you've got to tackle something together. Mm. Um, that's just the approach that you need to take. So, yes, you could look at it as, you know, I did really well. Lucky me. I can turn up and then the debt just disappears. It wasn't like you were earning 10 times as Not much as me. No, no. And you suddenly came in with this kind of magic <laughs> wand and made all my money woes disappear. It didn't work like that at all. We were earning similar amounts. Mm. Um but obviously a lot more of my money was going out the door to pay for debt and things like that. It's it's a partnership. If you're in it, then it's through thick and thin, better or worse and all that kind of stuff. That's the whole point, isn't it? <laughs> well, I will say, obviously, it goes without saying habits are key here. So the key thing at that moment was you obviously had a habit, the debt racking up. It was not going to work out in your favour. You're making other people rich, right? It's not the best habit that means you get wealthier. So if that, I, I'm not going to say that all habits you can get through. I think it totally has to be based on your circumstance and also the extent of the habit. But the the moment 
the beautiful thing in that moment was you had the habit that needed to be changed and you decided to change it. And I think that's really key, especially if maybe your partner has, you know, gambling addictions you might not know about or, you know, things like the paying money to the loan shark that you don't know. If there's habits that are toxic in nature, it's that also that switch has to happen. You can't enable the toxic habits to continue no, as you're wanting to stop them. Then it, it still probably comes down to combining money. Mm. But how you access that money, yes. who has access yes. and when, is a different thing. Um, for me, actually, what I noticed was, I noticed when my mindset was really in the mm. process of actually making a change. So I, we moved everything to a loan. Mm. And then I was phoning up to close credit cards. Right, yep. And I was phoning up to close the credit card that I'd had since I was 18. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so it kind of... Did all... you feel the best? You're like, please, please just close it. So this this is the interesting thing. I phoned them up to close it. Yeah. And they um, basically, because they're trying to retain you as a customer, so they said, I'll tell you what we'll do. Mm. Uh, if you keep the account open, we'll give you four months of interest back as credit on your card. <gasps> I know. How how much would that be? I mean, it would have been a couple of hundred quid. Wow. Like, I like their tactics. So I was there thinking, hold on, I can get a couple of hundred pound free money yeah. if I keep this card open. Okay. But I said, no, thanks. Close <gasps> the card. Wow. Would they not have put, put that towards your debt, though? Um, remember, we'd moved the debt by that point. Oh, so it would have okay, given okay. me basically a free couple of hundred quid to spend. Wow. And you said, no, I remember you never told me that before. <laughs> I told you at the time that I did it, but you probably don't remember. I don't remember. But because of, for me, it was such a big thing of closing this card wow. that ultimately pretty much started everything. Good for you. <laughs> so it was, it was that when I said, you know what, actually having the right things in place, having the right mm -hmm. behaviors, not having cards that I don't need was actually more important. Wow. Than a little bit of money. And that's the mindset shift. So and, that's, and that's when yeah. I yeah, that's when I confirmed that my mind was in a focused I'm not gonna go back. I think for a lot of people, if they do consolidate debt but they still don't have necessarily the right behaviours in yeah. place or the right mindset, you don't want to close all your credit cards just in case. Mm. Just in case you need to buy this or that, even though it probably doesn't really happen. But you have that because ultimately you you maybe don't have as much faith in yourself that you mm. can keep it up. So I like way back consolidated and everything else and not closed the credit cards. So that's why I had this one credit card from 18 and other ones from right. whatever ages. So it was quite symbolic to actually say, no, I'm, I'm not going back and I'm actually going to wow. close this door yeah, entirely. Yeah, I love that. And that's true for all habits, right? And so we'll give an overview of actually how we manage our money. I always say with the podcast, it's a little bit of insight into our life and how we do things. I always call out that money and everything you do in life is incredibly personal. It will be based on who you are, your circumstances, based on your feelings about the world. How we do things is not gospel. I only share so that maybe you go, oh, actually, I think I'm going to try that or I'm going to try that. It works for them. So this is how it works for us right now. And it's always evolving. Every bank account we have access to, we don't have any separate money in any way. Would you agree? <laughs> That's not, no, we don't. You, you can get access just through me to some of them. No, um, so, no, so, so the way our banking works is that because of we've both got a joint account with a bank yes. and then you can open up multiple additional yes, accounts. Yes, exactly. There's only so many you can open up um, per person exactly. on app. Yep. So you have a couple that I don't have 
just because you do. Yes, but you can get access to it if you I have to. I can get access to it if I really want to. And also, I don't have any restriction, basically, no. on my access to money. So, yes, there might be certain things, like you have money in ISIS that are in your yeah. name. Yeah. I can't access them. But if the money was required, then it you, would be available. Yeah, exactly. So, we have technicalities mm. in that I don't have access to everything. You can see all the money. You could ask me anything. I could ask you to see all the money, yes. <laughs> so how it works is in our relationship, because I, I talk about money and I have a passion about money, you kind of let me do most of the money management. I, I prefer you to look after the money, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's naturally what might happen. You might have one person who's more enthusiastic about a little bit of management of it and the other person as we'll cover it's important that it's part of what's happening with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think no that most secrets. households have a dynamic, whether it's cleaning, cooking, washing, yes, money, exactly, that someone exactly. generally will take the lead on certain elements. Yeah. Um, so someone might do the washing up, someone might do the drying and putting away. It doesn't really make a difference what it is. Someone exactly, does the washing, yeah. someone does the ironing. But in our house, we mix up all these different jobs and money yeah. is something that you look after yeah. because you're better at it. <laughs> Just the same way you're better at the laundry than me and we can yep. cover that another day. So how it works in our structure is we have two joint accounts. Um, it's actually following the money stacks method that I teach. It's a way of organizing your money based on your priorities um, and also some habits that long term will be in your favor. Um, so we have two joint accounts. We both have access to them. We both have cards. At any point, we can get all the money out if we want. It's one pays all the essentials, so that's our bills, so that's our mortgage, council tax, everything that's so essential. Everything is a direct debit, basically. Everything's comes direct out. debit comes out the first, as close after we put our money in, our wage. We take a wage from our business, as a lot of people might do. Um, so we pay ourselves at the very last day of the month, the first of the month, boom, everyone gets paid who needs to keep us safe. And right? that's when, when we were both employed by um, employers for full time jobs. Our wages used to go in Our there. wages used to go into that account both yep. of our wages into that exact same account exactly a couple other things happen automatically and i i touched upon this on my youtube channel a lot the structure but let me give you an overview automatic payments for savings and investments are a no-brainer for me so our investments also come out on the first of the month boom we have an investment i said my name um it's mainly because we haven't hit the maximum that you're allowed to save in one year which is twenty thousand pounds in an investment isa um you haven't got one yet because we haven't gone over that 20k a yep. year as in saving deposits and so the moment that we feel that we're going to cross over 20k or more then, then we'd have a second then one, we'd yeah. have a second one because why not we've both got that kind of tax-free savings investments so we have investment isas that we put straight into i also have our two sons i have automatic investments go out for them because we're investing for their future for like cars education boom it's done we have some other family commitments that come out the first of the month boom they go away without us having to do anything and pretty much on the first of the month around about two o'clock in the afternoon what is left over is then i call it our fun money and our food our petrol living money the first of the month also, I will move across our giving money if there's anything. Yep. So the way our business and our personal life is structured exactly the same way. We give 10% minimum from our business from top line. And if we have made additional money as well during the month, we give 10% of whatever comes in. It might be more some months, it might be 50%. It's totally organic depending on on you know what we feel has um, inspired us and where we feel that our money could multiply. Yeah. And the basis for this is our essentials are covered. So I always go to the mind frame and this really changed my heart 
Have we got food on the table? Are we able to live this month? Yes. Okay, we have overflow. Yep. Where and then, can I bless someone else? And then, we, as you said, everything else goes into an account, basically, which is the spending money. Spending, So yes. it's for food, so that is petrol, very organic. fun, yep. um, shoes for me, whatever it happens to be. <laughs> it's flexible. And what I will do, and I, I know you don't check it, but I pretty much will check the Essentials account on the first or the second to make sure everything's been paid. If there's money left over, I'll try and figure out why. I'll tend to save a buffer in that as well. So there's a little bit, if I, I bill, let's say the Sky, we've got Sky TV for our broadband. If it's maybe a little bit more, I'm okay. And so phone nothing, bills, things phone like Phone bills, yeah, anything that could fluctuate. The food and petrol and our fund money, that is just one combined pot of money. And I keep an eye on it every couple of days because then I can say to you, oh, you know, be aware we've only got So, got so this is interesting thing, actually, in our dynamic... <laughs> I don't look at the banking at all. No, I know. Right. But some people might. And, and, some it, people and might. it bugs you and bothers you a little bit. I know this. <laughs> Let's not make it a therapy session. <laughs> but um, I don't look at the online banking. Yeah. I don't pay attention to where we've got. I basically, I spend the month with you guys buying food, petrol, days out. You guys, it's just me. <laughs> well, the family in the house, yes. um, I buy cat food. I, I do whatever I need to do. And then I buy myself things if I like things. <laughs> and then at some point, if I have been on too many websites <laughs> or too many things have been released, no, not at then all. I'll get a stern look. <laughs> and and that's when I know that I'm, I'm probably about done for the it's month. It's called a budget, As, darling. It's called yeah, a budget. So, so, so when, I've, when I'm close to teetering on the budget, yeah. then, then that's when I get a stern look. And that's yeah. okay. Um, I don't think you enjoy giving me a stern nope. look. But... I don't enjoy the stern looks either, to be fair. <laughs> but I think it's a dynamic that works to a point in that we both know where we are, where we're up to. And I, yeah, I, I think it's a workable system. So we definitely don't approach the finances from the same place in the same method. So although we do have combined money, mm -hmm. you are the manager of the money. And I'm super happy I don't get with involved that. in it. I just get told off a little bit if I <laughs> if I push things too no, far. Just, and maybe that's slightly true. But the nature of it is that I enjoy looking after that resource for us. Just in the same way you you're really great at if there's something around the house that needs done, you will often do it without well, actually you know, interestingly. Noticing. So although I don't get involved in the kind of day-to-day -day budgeting mm. of money, I'm probably the first person to go around looking for deals and making yeah. sure that all of our essentials are as low as possible when it comes to refreshing the mortgage or anything. Mm. I'm the one that's making all that happen, looking at the best deal to go mm. on. I make sure that all of the mobile phones and everything that I'd look after pretty mm. much all of the direct debits mm. as far as their renewal process and getting the best prices. Yep, you do. You so do. although I don't look after day-to-day -day money, there is still a level of engagement in the money flow to make sure that it's as optimized as it can be mm. with the things that come out monthly. And what we've noticed in the past eight, nine years, the dynamic for us was definitely, it's been evolving over time. I've naturally shifted in this kind of manager of the money. Although his fit is, he's making it like I give him a really horrible look. I don't, I kind of nudge him. Uh, stern just, look. <laughs> touch him. But we're okay, we're okay. But whenever we're doing anything during the month, like I put aside sinking funds. So not only do we have investments, there's also money that means we can get the best deals on our yearly deals. There's all yep. this. And the thing about our money is it's, Yes, it's a serious topic, but I have always had the mind frame is we'll figure it out together. As in, you know, if things, if the car needs fixed or, or whatever, 
it, it will uh, it'll be figure outable, and, right? And, Something and will happen. And that's the approach that we've had when we were clearing off debt yes. to when the debt was gone and we're starting to look at trying to build some savings, full-time work, to working for ourselves. The process and the mindsets haven't mm. changed. It's just that our monetary focuses maybe have changed and evolved over the course of time. Mm. So what we do with the surplus when we had debt was throw it at the debt, try mm. and get rid of that as quickly as possible. And then when we gain surplus after debt's gone, then it's about trying to build up some savings or working out when we maybe want to refresh a car or whatever yes, it happens yes. to be. So although money, I, I guess maybe income changes over the course of time mm -hmm. or your um, choices with money change over the course of time the core behaviors have pretty much been the same i know and i will call it we've got pensions as well what i've noticed over the past couple of years actually as we become entrepreneurs and even more so you know now that that's our full-time thing we make our own money literally we don't you know someone doesn't pay us well you um, say literally i mean we don't, <laughs> we don't have a little machine up in the garage so or somewhere. Um, no the universe rewards us for the value we give hopefully i've noticed also that we've stayed we've maintained a certain amount of expenditure so what i'll also do is the thing that i've just you know in the past eight months since leaving the corporate world is i'm now even planning ahead better for the month this is my thing that i love to do so i'll i'll usually say to you once a month we will usually sit down we'll do the books for our business so we'll do all our you know profit loss and all that we'll pay tax we'll do all these kind of things we'll pay our giving money all that happens and i'll also now plan for our spending so we don't just simply say oh well let's take a wage at this amount we'll actually say no wait a minute in this month, the kids would need new shoes, perhaps, or we want to travel somewhere, or, you know, it's Christmas coming up, we might need a little bit or, more or for that. Or it could be that we don't really have much going on, no, exactly, so yeah. there's so very there's little no happening. Need for so, yeah, there's exactly. no need for the same amount. We just keep our um, income down quite a lot because we don't require it. And yeah. yeah, as you said, if there's anything coming up that maybe we can forecast, then we take that into account to make sure that we have the money there otherwise. Yeah. But that can be the same as, regardless of whether you have a flexible income if you have a fixed income then it can be as simple as planning ahead and saying right well this month i can't save as much mm. or this month i can't put as much onto my debt as i was hoping for because i've got a car service and mot coming yes, up exactly. it's about looking ahead rather than throwing money into a particular pot that you're used to it's making sure that you know what else is required mm, mm. before you do that so you can you're not in a position where you're saying oh damn i forgot about that car yeah, service exactly, yeah. all my money's gone into um servicing debt Debt, mm. and therefore i don't really have the 250 pounds i need for the car service so now i've got to put that onto a card yep, and yep. rack up more debt in a way so thinking ahead i think makes a huge difference mm. to how you feel about the things coming up and making sure that you're comfortable with what's happening mm. and also there are some things maybe that you plan and you think to yourself well it's an option and other times maybe you're forced to do stuff but you can decide mm, on those optional yeah. ones whether you do them or not based on what else is happening in the month absolutely so the key thing here really is i'd like to get over the sense of peace around our finance that we've got and i have found that because we joined our finances together quite soon on and tackled things and also changed habit in both of us that maybe weren't 
as productive to a healthy financial future. Doing that together, I, I just think of the wisdom, which is all about the plans of the diligent lead to profit. That's the wisdom. So the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So it tends to be when you plan, when you think of your goals, when you have peace about things, you tend to grow wealthier. You tend to have profit in your life, you know, profit surplus of everything. When you do things in haste, in rush, stressed, you know, making sure fear of missing out, that tends to be when you feel the lack, you know, those results over a long time. And I think the key thing for me is over the past couple of years, I know I've improved over the nature of, of our life together with money because I've been exposed to more different situations as well you know obviously you grow up you have kids and then when you're single you maybe not got as many different resource pools on what you're doing you have different priorities and also you don't need to save money for day trips and stuff (laughs) and basically you can just save the money for going out to the shops and buying things which is quite a good place to be actually and the key thing i think i moved to a mindset of stewardship and this would be my first strategy or tip. I notice that my mindset around money as a resource has changed. And as a, as a result of that, the way I deal with money or our money has changed between us. And I'd like to think it's quite a healthy relationship. I'm not saying it's perfect in any way. We all have our, you know, our triggers and underlying things that we're trying to etch out to perfection. But combining money in some way took away the sense of it being my money. So I see money as being almost like you're borrowing it for right now. And it's your job to figure out the best way that can get the most multiplication of it, if you like. Now, multiplication doesn't mean it needs to multiply physically. It means what's the best ripple effect with it. So everything I do with our money is literally, okay, can I invest it in us? Can I invest it in the best quality food? What's the best, you know, what's the best quality experiences? Can I even send it to other people with investments and they'll multiply it? It's financial stewardship. And that's why I love our way of working is because you're quite laid back with it throughout the whole month, actually. And even though you might get the glance from me, you know it's very short term. It's like five minutes. (laughs) Sometimes 10, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right? But it has moved from it being my possession to our possession. But then actually it's gone deeper than that. It's almost like... I'm seeing myself as like a pass through or our money is just passing through. Like every month it's just passing through and I'm going to figure out how best to deal with that. And it takes away also the guilt and shame through making bad choices. There are no bad choices. It's just based on what you believe is the best that you could do right now. Now you might know that you're making a rubbish choice and you know it's going to cost you down the line, but in that moment you haven't been aware of how you could improve it. And the thing I recognise is that our behaviours have developed and grown over the course Mm, of time. Yes. Not because of the income that we have or not because of the available cash that we have after our bills come out, but actually more about that stewardship, Mm. more about saying, well, how can we best use our money? The thing is, when you talk about like the best food you can buy, it's not about saying I'm only going to buy organic things from M&S. It's about what is my budget allowed? And how can I maximize Mm. what I'm getting for that budget? So um, it's a completely different mindset. I was on similar money um, when I was in debt and racking up debt as I was after we were racking up debt. It's not about the amount of money that comes in. It's about how you feel about it, how you're managing it. And And, and as you said, um, combining funds, I, I think, is very important. 
But the key part is definitely how you manage your funds, how you look after your money when you have different mindsets mm. and different behaviors and different structures. And although ours absolutely works for us, you might find that one of the um, other common areas that people do is, and I mentioned it before, is all income comes into one place. Mm. And where we have money that goes into one account for food, petrol, fun, and everything else, instead maybe there's another two accounts where each individual gets their guilt-free spending money. Absolutely, yep, yep. And by doing that, then if someone's got a bit of a spending habit or whatever it happens to be, well, they've now got constraints mm. of how to look after that. And then also... From the other party, especially if you're trying to be more diligent to kind of counteract someone that's maybe a little bit more flamboyant with their cash, well, you have some guilt-free money that mm, you can spend. Mm, mm. Because often it can go the other way, where if you have somebody that's more spending and not so, I guess, good with money, then you end up with the other person trying to counteract that by not spending as much. Mm, mm. And then you end up with frustration and begrudgment and stresses and strains. And then that person, maybe they need a new pair of jeans, but they're not going to buy it because the person that's a bit more spendy um, has kind of spent that money in advance. So potentially by giving yourself allocated guilt-free money means that both of you can enjoy the fruits of what you earn without feeling too restricted. And, mm. and, and that's a system that I think works for, for quite a lot of people mm. as well. So you, you're kind of combined as a household, but you are also independent without judgment um which can definitely work that's one way to do it and i know a lot of people do that and i think you're touching upon my next top tip would be have the conversations about what's the best way we could actually manage our money for us like you you're the people in the relationship our dynamic might not work for somebody else right of how we do things but i think the greatest thing is actually saying okay how could we use money combined well actually let's do a percentage okay let's try that can we try it for three months and if it doesn't work can we do something different it's got to be fluid the same structure that worked while you were single might not work you know now that you're in a relationship and how you're doing your money now might not suit five years from now it might well be that you want to have separate money for certain things i think the, the key thing i would say is knowing that everyone is being honest about all the things they're doing with their money so you do know if that person prefers to spend on amazon or prefers to do this you know that they're they're aware of the choices it's anything that's been secret or hidden i don't think that's healthy if it's money or anything no and that's that's not healthy as part of a relationship anyway um but i do think that you do need the conversation as mm. you said and it will be potentially a tough conversation. Mm. But as you started out by saying, a lot of discussions and arguments in relationships happen around money. Mm. So to be fair, one conversation where hopefully you can both come into it from a positive place, less finger pointing and more constructive and planning and forecasting together yes, as to how yes. you're going to tackle things. Maybe doing that once for a couple of hours might bypass the random arguments that happen here, there and everywhere. Mm because you're both on different pages yeah so that leads me into the next thing now this is just straight up wisdom 
The easiest equation that you can both work to is if your income is more than what you put out in the world, so what you spend, you're going to get wealthier. So it's a simple sum, if you like. If you've got more than enough coming in compared to what you're spending, you're going to be able to grow wealthy over time. It's then what you do with that little bit of overflow. Try and avoid situations that are going to put stress or pressure in your life, right? So traditionally, you would see maybe consumer debt because it keeps growing and growing without you actually having much control over it. Really, that's maybe a stressor. So maybe don't bring that in the mix. You know, if you find that you are emotionally spending and these kind of habits, talk with your partner and say, look, I'm struggling here. Can you help me get over this? Can we maybe cut up the credit cards? Can we maybe have a give me physical cash instead of allowing me to have access? Like talk through, avoid all excess habits. Um, so go through your normal things that you spend on and also you know say to your partner look at their spending habits and say you know actually I think maybe this feels a bit excessive can can we work together or can I help you know maybe rein that in or explain why you know that's a habit that you, you find you want to focus on or upkeep I think that's one of the key things and the ripple effect can be massive as well and the next point is to try to maximize your joy with your spending yes so let's bring back some to, fun yeah try to <laughs> budget for things that you actually want to do things that bring Mm. you joy and also work towards some of the goals you might have Mm. so whether that's um, educating yourself or going to places that maybe provide you value in areas that you want to go into but ultimately don't just look at your money as kind of almost this burden that has got to pay bills and make you survive its purpose is to give you a quality of life for you to be able to live your life with wonderful purpose and having joyous activities and joyous experiences that you can do for yourself and that you can share with the rest of your family and matt touched upon this beautifully actually you've got to be on the same page for what you're doing with your money right money is just a resource as i say i've touched upon this many times we allow the idolization of money as if it's a god decides what we do in life money is no different from saying that this table gets to decide what i do i know that you might say that okay that's a bit generalized jennifer but essentially everything that you do in life is whether you want to do it or that you can find the resources it's never a resource that controls you it's all about how resourceful you are and actually finding it and i think think a great conversation to have maybe at the start or maybe when you're getting a little bit more committed to someone is okay what are some of your long-term goals in life we're not talking about money goals but what do you want to do together short term long term do you want to have kids do you want to have a home and it's those decisions the life decisions that then will shape hopefully the money habits the resource habits to allow them to happen that's exactly it i think if you can identify the kind of lifestyle you want And it doesn't need to involve kids or family. Um, Potentially that could be quite a long way down the line. But if you want to be people that are going on particular types of holidays or trips, then maybe you can't buy as many handbags and (laughs) T-shirts. And and, and that's fine. But then if you have a combined focus on things, then hopefully you can serve the needs of both of you and achieve those things that you're looking to do. I love the money stacks method that I teach about. And it is goal-focused, non-judgment goal-focused. So a lot of times when people teach about money, it's about guilt, shame, all this. Money should not be enjoyed. I'm sorry, that's rubbish. You are earning a certain income based on your service and talent to the world, right? Well, probably in a job that's sapping the life out of you half the (laughs) time. No, but let's assume you've got a job that you love, right? You have the blessing of these resources, your time, where you live in the world, your intelligence and money. 
because you're meant to live out the difference you can make in the world, right? It's all meant to work. It does work in your favor. And we get stuck on, oh, I don't have enough money to have kids yet. Oh, I don't have enough money to know what you haven't got is you haven't decided that it's important enough that you will find any way possible of making it happen. We all have these moments in life where we hit a, it feels like a crossroads and you think, right, that's it. I'm going after this. I'm doing that. It doesn't matter how much money you had in the bank or what color laptop you had or phone. You would go and make it happen and it's the same with life choices if you, if you feel you know you want to be with someone or you want to have kids don't let money decide these important things that are, are the overall destiny of your life well we're all resourceful enough to make things happen um, as you said I think that a lot of people have been maybe pinned against a wall due to a circumstance that's happened to them and if you really don't want that circumstance mm. you'll find a way to get out of it if the company that you're working for goes bust and it kind of tears your world apart briefly, you'll find a way through the month yes. and through the next month, and you'll find another job, and you'll probably be quite delighted for that happening to you a few months down the line when you end up in a slightly better place. Mm. And my last tip here is money is a beautiful way to find out what matters to the other person that you're with. It actually allows you insight into what some of their needs, their wants and their maybe desires that they want from life as well. So be aware that your needs from money and what you want to do with life will be completely different from your other half. Something that is really important, let's say maybe a sport that they love to do or a particular food that they like to eat or a particular place to go, You be open to honouring that just in the same way that your desires and needs and wants are important. So when you actually learn about each other's money habits you see a lot of insight into the other person that you might not have had before and also their nature like I am um, I love the fact that we get to go out to restaurants and places now and both of us almost it's like who's going to put down the tip <laughs> who's going to decide like we play this game right okay we've had our dinner let's say right you get to decide how much is you know we're always going to put down a tip unless it's atrocious but I love the fact that both of us will think actually I might I might double the amount today actually I feel inspired that it should be 10% or no it should be 50% or and it's just a really super fun way that I know that both of our habits have evolved and changed as maybe I've changed and you've changed and seen different things and lastly I want to share a little insight to an often misquoted bit of wisdom you might have heard this saying that money is the root of all evil now they've actually missed out a little bit at the start of that whole phrase and that makes the context completely different and it's the love of money is the root of all evil that's the wisdom quote from the bible and it's important that that little bit is in there and I think if your focus is the love of money is more important than the love for the other person that you're with that's where you're going to get into trouble in a relationship if it's more important that you have a certain amount stacked up in the bank you have a certain way that you're going to hit financial independence you've got a certain way that you're going to have your savings at you know 10 pounds this month or a hundred thousand pounds or whatever it be if that's more important than the other person being in that dialogue and conversation i think that's when you start to trip up and it can then have ripple effects now we talked to pop up on like kind of toxic habits things that don't have a good ripple effect and i think a really relationship is the perfect place to have somebody who can help you through them but there's also opportunity that if the other person needs to figure it out on their own and then come back as well that can also be an option and I just wanted to share you know if this is something that you're thinking about the way you're managing with your you know your money with your partner right now it feels like it's not working the best advice I could give is 
Personal finance is completely personal. Just because we do it a certain way, works for us right now, might not be in a year's time. But I'd love to encourage you, if it doesn't feel like it's working, maybe there's a couple of things. We've chatted about how we do money that could work for you moving forward. Why not give it a go? Why not give it a go for three months or six months and see if some of our ways might work for you as well? As with many things in life, if something isn't working mm. and it hasn't worked for a while, then you've got to do something different. Yes, if you keep repeating yeah. the same behavior, you're going to get the same outputs, you're going to get the same results. So at some point, you have to say to yourself, what can I do differently? How can I tackle this differently? If you keep having frequent arguments about your bank balance, about how money's being spent, where yeah. it's going, then you probably need to look at how to tackle that in a different way. And having that dialogue, you know, you're in a relationship, you're in a partnership. You're planning to be around each other for hopefully a long time. <laughs> yes. So you may as well get the conversation out of the way. You may as well have it, do it properly, get it right, do the the ups, the downs, the turmoil, the stresses. And again, if you can both go into the conversation in a in a positive, forward thinking place, then in all likelihood it will go a lot better than you expect. You'll get better outcomes. And you could change both of your entire relationships with money and then onto with each other. I know they say that 48% of women worry the most every day about money. So let's change that. Let's make money the stress free thing, at least in your relationship and your life moving forward. Well, I really hope today's episode has helped you. If you maybe you wanted to know how we manage money, that key resource for anyone's life. I hope it's giving you insight on how we do things. And um, also these are things that work for us. And I hope the insight that we've gained over the years might help you as well. So if you have enjoyed today's episode and you've been watching us even on the Mama Furfur channel on the Mama Furfur channel we'd love to hear in the comments what advice you would give other people if they're going from a single income on their own to now being combined being married or in a partnership with someone what do you do with your income together or do you keep everything apart we'd love to know what you do and what works for you as always if you are listening especially why not check out some further podcasts we have over 60 of them now we've got a couple of episodes on the Mama Furfur as video podcasts as well so whichever way you're listening or watching please do check out another episode and as always hit like or hit subscribe so you can hear future ones from us so thank you so much for watching and listening today we'll speak to you very soon